Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We are Dad and Daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we discuss all things English football and we've got a lot to be chatting about this week because we've got the FA Cup third round. I've also got some League One, League Two matches as well as you're going down to the National League as normal, Dad. Yep, yep. Happy 2022. This is our first episode of the new year. New year, any New Year's resolutions in terms of any grounds we're looking to go to this year? I know it's still a bit up in the air, what with COVID. Well, there's two Welsh grounds, early doors, but neither of those happened, I think, so that was Cardiff. Uh, watch Platinum at Cardiff and then Barrow at Newport, but both in January, so unlikely. Exeter in February, hopefully, St. James's Park. Yeah, because so, uh, uh, Wales, everything's behind closed doors at yeah, the moment. Yeah, at the moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, fingers crossed we can uh, hopefully yeah, go to Exeter. And uh, so, yeah, line up for the podcast. We're going to be reflecting on the FA Cup, and I'm also going to be putting forward a new chant to you, Dad. So for the warm-up conversation, um, well, this is something that we've been talking about off the podcast, but we're talking, I was talking to um, a family friend on the phone yesterday and wishing them a happy Christmas. And he is obviously, uh, he's been season ticket holder at Wigan Athletic for a long period of time. And it was amazing to hear that for Christmas, the Wigan Athletic Football Club were, were giving out Christmas hampers to some of their season ticket holders and to people within the area just to provide some extra Christmas cheer. And obviously what with the situation at the moment financially, it's hard to imagine that these clubs are still going to go out of their way to do stuff like that. But you got a Christmas panettone. That wouldn't be quite up your street, would it be a Christmas panettone? Not really, no. But you got some, you know, Wigan notepads and pens and just a little surprise Christmas hamper. So I thought uh, with the Christmas spirit, it's quite a nice thing to start the podcast off with. We were a ticket holder at Blackburn Rovers a while ago now because we, we live in Somerset, but did you get any goodies like that? Being Never got season? no panettone, definitely no panettone. not. I don't think they even won when I was watching. Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah, that's just my little warm-up conversation. Uh, so to kick off the first podcast episode of 2022, mine's a very small kickoff. I mean, it's very minor, obviously. Um, we personally love watching the FA Cup and it's nice to see there's a lot of excitement to go around the FA Cup. I feel like there was a bit of like a stale patch where a lot of teams are putting out B teams, but it seems to um, be really lively and what with fans coming back in. But my kickoff is the fact that maybe it would have been nice to see just a few more uh, lower teams coverage on the BBC and ITV. Um, I know we had Hull versus Everton, West Ham versus Leeds, but it would be great to see Kidderminster. I'll be talking about them against Reading and Newcastle versus Cambridge which was quite the upset so yeah in hindsight it would be nice to maybe just see some of the slightly lower teams on the on the TV um, but we will be reflecting on the results a little bit later on uh, what about you would you have liked to see some of those fixtures on or would you not worth yeah no I definitely I think the more the merrier uh, I'm assuming there's highlights to watch but yeah yeah, the, yeah. Uh, if there's a bit of a giant killing and going it's good to see it live that's for sure my um, kickoff it's a minor but it's just I was reading a piece in the uh, Sunday Times and trying to understand Boxing Day was traditionally a local derby day and mostly proper local derbies. So uh, Blackburn had played Burnley and Blackpool had played Preston and yeah. whatever else the proper local derbies were. You know, and teams that haven't got very close neighbours would, um, would, would depend. So, you know, it might be some slightly further journeys, but mostly it was focused on very local derbies. And I, I think probably with uh, being some trouble at some of the games, pushed it away. But it just seems that it's Boxing Day. That old Boxing Day tradition seems to have not far off disappeared. There doesn't seem to be much logic to any of it, really. I think they do try. I mean, 
after Christmas Day and roads are busy and mm. you, know, you don't want to be travelling from Swindon to Exeter. Oh, sorry, you don't want to be travelling from Hartlepool to Mansfield, which is 124 mile, uh, well, 248 mile round trip. Exeter Swindon, that's borderline, just about a West Country derby. I'm not quite sure whether it is that old legacy of trouble and having to try and uh, keep the peace, perhaps. But um, What's the Hartlepool-Mansfield went ahead on Boxing Day? I'm saying it's Mansfield, Hartlepool were away to Mansfield. Got you, got which you. Is a, That's I, a long I don't way. Know, having said that, Mans- Hartlepool's in the middle of nowhere. Perhaps Barrow or Carlisle mm. would be closer. Uh, it's a bad example, probably, but there is teams who are... Uh, having to move halfway around the country. Of course, matches getting cancelled at the last minute. So uh, I was trying to think, obviously, when we would go up to Lancashire for Christmas and trying to think some of our Boxing Day matches. No, they weren't really traditional. There was Sunderland or Newcastle or... Huddersfield, like is that? Huddersfield. Well, Huddersfield's it's Yorkshire, Lancashire, so it's Derby-ish. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just seems to have... I mean, London teams would always play London teams. Yeah. Again, you've got Chelsea going to Villa. That's not a Derby, really. So I think there's... Yeah, anyway, it's just uh, interesting how it's all disappeared over time. Half-time turnover. So this could be any half-time turnover from any team across the weekend's fixtures. And, well, I was looking at the Sunday matches and it was all kind of predictable, but... You've got to say it was a good halftime turnover, maybe expected or you'd assume this would be the case. But um, it was great to see Morecambe, who were fourth from bottom in League One at Tottenham Hotspur, obviously the real underdogs. At halftime, they went 1-0 up, Anthony O'Connor, 33rd minute goal. And to be fair, they kept that lead going into the second half. But it was the 69th minute when Antonio Conte decides to bring on the big guns. He had to change something up because they were losing 1-0. Uh, Lucas Moira and Harry Kane came on. And then it was kind of predictable, really. Harry Wink's goal and then Mora got a goal and Kane got a goal. So his two substitutions were, were very influential. So unfortunately for Morecambe, it was a 3-1 win to Tottenham in the end. But it's, you've got to say it was a good half-time turnover for Tottenham. To be expected, kind of. But at the same time, if you look at Newcastle, I'll be talking about a little bit later, uh, they went 1-0 down and then, and then that was the result in the end. So Tottenham Hotspur managed to get out of a tricky spot there. I got FA Cup giant killing uh, as the second half turnaround. Uh, and it's uh, at Hartlepool. Just talked about Hartlepool, actually. So the pools were playing each other. Blackpool at Hartlepool. Then I was thinking, what other pools are there? Uh, and there's Liverpool, of course. I think, yeah. I think those are the only three pools in the league. So anyway, Hartlepool versus Blackpool. Anderson opener for Blackpool in the eighth minute, as you would expect, one up half time. Uh, and then they got two in three minutes. Ferguson and Gray scored. Uh, and that's how it stayed. So manager Graham Lee, 43-year-old, uh, born in Middlesbrough, just around the corner, played over 200 matches for Hartlepool. He managed Middlesbrough's under-23 team for a couple of years, and now he's at Hartlepool, so uh, good luck to him. So well done to Hartlepool, a very good giant killing, and uh, just short of 5,000 fans uh, saw them do it. So a great second-half turnaround, well done, Hartlepool. Into the second half of the podcast, something positive that's happened within football this week. We're into January, we're in the 2022, and um, I'm excited. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm excited that Philip Coutinho is going to be heading back, well, not back, but back to the Premier League, and he's going to be playing for Aston Villa. Potentially going to be a very, very good move. I think they've got him pretty cheap. I know he's on loan, but I think there's a potential to buy him. Is it like 30 something million, I think? Uh, obviously, left Liverpool in 2018, went to Barcelona. A lot of people 
putting a lot of pressure on him. I think they just sold Neymar and obviously he was coming in and, and it just never really worked. A bit for misfit, never found his place. Um, very disappointing for him going from Liverpool where he was playing so well. And I think he's had some injuries, but he is fit. I think he might have COVID at the moment or is in isolation, but he's being reunited with Gerard. Do you think without Steven Gerrard that Philip Coutinho would be heading back to, to well, heading to Aston Villa? Uh, probably not. I think Gerrard must have influenced it, I'm sure. Mm, so I'm excited to see a big name go to not one of the massive clubs, Aston Villa, not any disrespect to them, but normally you get those kind of names linked with obviously your City, United, Chelsea. But yeah, it's good to see Aston Villa, and like I said, heavily influenced probably by uh, Steven Gerrard formerly playing with Philip Coutinho. Do you reckon it's going to work out well say he stays fit I presume he would start most matches and and be a key role for Aston Villa I think he could probably fill the um, Grealish Grealish role yeah which hasn't quite been filled yet I'm a bit nervous that uh, he's going to be paid a fortune yeah they might have done something about sharing his wages or something now but I think the uh, if he goes full time there then it could break the pay structure I'm sure he's paid a a heck of a lot more than Ollie Watkins and people like that. Yeah. So, so that's my only concern. But yeah, I think he can do a job there, definitely. So that's one of the big names from the January transfers so far, but I'm sure there'll be many more transfers to come across in January that we'll be discussing in future episodes. Uh, my raves back to the FA Cup. And as you say, it's been quite exciting to watch some of the matches. Not a match I've watched, actually, but a uh, good, good friend who's a Chesterfield fan. And, uh, you know, Chesterfield at Chelsea. Chesterfield top, or they were top at the start of play at the uh, top of the National League. Uh, probably been out of the main uh, league for four or five seasons. And yes, of course, they got uh, hammered by Chelsea, as you would probably would yeah. expect. 6,000 fans. Brilliant. Like an absolutely brilliant day. But I can imagine when Aquasi's Asante scored their uh, concert, Dutch chap, when he scored their consolation goal in the 80th minute, I imagine the players went absolutely ballistic. Yeah. So uh, brilliant, brilliant. What a great day out for the Chesterfield fans and uh, the chance to go to Stamford Bridge, probably 40-odd thousand there. Uh, I think that's the other thing, of course, in these uh, FA Cup matches, they've got to give them a certain percentage of tickets. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, yeah, so some of these big clubs like United, who normally let... Uh, half a dozen sit in the top of the stand uh, I've got and Newcastle got to give the away team a decent uh, amount so they took the whole of the shed uh, which is brilliant so well done Chesterfield right my first chant of 2022 we're going to 1976 it is a disco classic from the Tramps uh, it's called Disco Inferno so I'm going to change the lyrics uh, to make this song Disco Inferno fit the six foot seven uh, Dan Byrne from Brighton. So this is going to the Brighton fans for Disco Inferno, Dan Byrne. And it would go, we heard some bodies say, Dan Byrne, baby Byrne. Disco at Brighton, Dan Byrne, baby Byrne. He runs up and down. Terrible. Oh, I was really struggling this week, I'm not going to lie. Well, I've got better ones this week. And now oh, they hello. Are, now they are pinched off the Chesterfield fans. Oh, hello. Who've okay. Worked, who've worked a long time to go and sing at Stamford Bridge. So they had a bit of fun, so... They've got a, a strapping big centre forward, so Kabongo. So wow, it's okay. wake me up before you go go. Who needs Messi when you've got Kabongo? Hey, brilliant! So and then the other one, which is an impromptu one, which <laughs> did make me laugh because of uh, Romelu Lukaku's current situation and what he's been saying. Yeah. And they were singing Romelu Lukaku. He's into Milan. <laughs> brilliant. So yeah, there you go. Better than your rubbish. That is much better. Final whistle. So we've got a lot to round up. We're going to start off with by rounding up 
some matches from the FA Cup round three results, as well as looking at League One, League Two and National League. So I'll just summarise some of the FA Cup round three matches on the Saturday. Like I've mentioned, Newcastle versus Cambridge, obviously Premier League club versus a League One club who are four points above relegation uh, going into the match. And nil-nil at half time. But in the 56th minute, Joe Ironside, who is Cambridge's top goal scorer this season in the league, 12 goals. He uh, struck the back of the net. It was a bit of a howler from Dubravka, but a great finish from Ironside. Nearly 5,000 away supporters for Cambridge at the 52,000 crowd, I should say, at Newcastle. So I think he scored right in front of the fans as well, which would have been amazing. And they went on to win it, Cambridge 1-0. Newcastle had nine shots on target, but the Cambridge goalkeeper, I was watching the highlights, Adimitar Mitov, he had a superb game. Um, and Mark Bonner, the manager for Cambridge, must have been very, very happy. And the 5,000 uh, travelling supporters would have been very happy too. So, um, yeah, great result for Cambridge. Another upset was Kidderminster Harriers versus Reading. Obviously, Kidderminster, the lowest ranked team in the FA Cup, fifth in the National League North. And Reading uh, struggling two points above the relegation in the Championship. And it was 2-1 to Kidderminster. It went 1-0. They went 1-0 down at 45 minute. It was George Pukas that scored for Reading. Then 69th minute, Sam Austin capitalised a, a handling error from the goalie. Then in the 82nd minute, Amari Morgan-Smith scored the winner for Kidderminster. At their ground, there was 5,178 people in the stadium. I don't know this. I should have uh, Googled the name. I don't suppose you know the name. Of well, the I I've been there, actually. I went there with Blackburn in the, I think it was the late 70s in the FA Cup. Wow. Uh, probably round three. Um, we won 1-0, and I'll never forget... Uh, the crowd segregation was a cop, one policeman stood at the top of the stadium, god. the other at the bottom of the stadium with a bit of rope. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, did so it get? Did the rope last? Not really. No. I bet it didn't. Um, so yeah, great result for Kidderminster Harriers. I have to try and work out what their or Google their name for their ground. And they have got next. We just watched the draw actually on TV at home versus West Ham. That's quite a good result for them. Yeah, very good. That's brilliant. That'll be on the telly. That'll be worth half yeah. a million quid or something ridiculous. Yeah, brilliant. So good luck to them. And then on the Sunday, weren't really too many upsets. Like I said, Spurs beating Morecambe, Liverpool coming down, coming back from 1-0 to beat Shrewsbury 4-1. The main shock was Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. Arsenal, obviously, the most celebrated team ever in the FA Cup. Uh, but it was a giant killing. Nottingham Forest won 1-0. It was a brilliant goal in the 83rd minute by Graben with an assist by Yates. And... Um, can't say anything wrong against Nottingham Forest. They played really, really well, and they have been ever since manager Steve Cooper took over late September. A team in the Championship that were really, really struggling, but since Steve took over, they're now ninth in the Championship and six points off the playoffs there. So it was always going to be a tough match for Arsenal at Nottingham Forest. Um, but having watched the match, Arsenal were really, really poor, and Arteta's even had to come out and apologise for the way they played and just very lacklustre. Um, you could say. Maybe it's a amount of fixtures this time of year, but that would be giving them too much of an excuse, I think, really. They just never really seem to get going. And Nottingham Forest have got to do some more giant killing because they go up against Leicester City, current holders of the FA Cup, having won it last year. So it's another home match against another big Premier League team, and I'm sure they'll love the occasion. Uh, got a couple of other FA Cup matches. So Burnley Huddersfield, really, you weren't thinking. Oh, Burnley have got an easy match because Huddersfield they're doing okay. Drew at Blackburn on uh, the other day, and uh, they managed to win two one at Burnley. One 0 up at half time. Burnley Rodriguez, uh, barely seven and a half thousand there. Uh, Carlos Cabrera giving the old team talk at half time. 
and um, this came and won 2-1. Two goals from Karoma and Pearson. A guy called Thomas came on in the second half and um, yeah, and he assisted both goals, so that was certainly a good um, substitution. Burnley, Sean Dyche wasn't there to shout at them and uh, lose his voice because he was uh, off with COVID, but really not a surprise, not a huge, or certainly not a... Shock, giant killing. Not a giant killing, but a good win after all for Huddersfield. They're only about five places apart, I suppose, aren't they, in the leagues? Mm. Um, then you've got Borenwood from the uh, National League having a good season, and you would fancy them, actually, probably, to uh, make a, a good effort against uh, AFC Wimbledon from League One. Uh, and indeed, they beat them 2 nothing. Pretty simple, actually. 3,500. Uh, so, a brilliant uh, win for Boreham Wood. Who have they got in the next round, I think, actually? Boreham Wood. Not sure. I'll Google it whilst you're talking. Uh, and then we've got Barnsley versus Barrow. Personally, knew about this. My brother went from Clitheroe uh, and the uh, rest of my family went from Barrow. Uh, met in the uh, pub around the corner and a fantastic day out. What a, I mean, this is what the FA Cup's all about. So, Barnsley Barrow. 1,300 fans from Barrow, uh, 4,700 at the match. And uh, Barnsley went 2-0 up and Barrow had a player sent off beating in the 38th minute. And I said to you, well, I might as well get back on the minibus and go home. Yeah. Uh, not quite because Barrow got it back to 2-2 in the 78th minute. And then it went ballistic from that point onwards and ended up 4-4 uh, at full time. And then extra time and Barrow still got 10 men through all this which is incredible and then unfortunately 5-4 Morris with his second in extra time for Barnes and that's how it ended up 5-4 but like I said an absolutely cracking day out uh, the only sad thing was at uh, the end that the Barra fans were on they didn't see a single goal yeah, everyone, every one of the nine goals were at the other end <laughs> which is quite weird but, so yeah again a nine goal classic uh, a really good match uh, but more so a fantastic day out for the FA Cup just going to interject. So, Boreham would uh, away to Bournemouth. Oh, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a Premier League. Well, I don't know. It's not it's a Championship yeah. team, but yeah, top of the Championship. Again. So, and yeah. uh, Kidderminster's ground is called the Agborough Stadium. All oh, right. Okay. There you go. Fun fact. So, rounding up League One, there were six matches on Saturday. Uh, Seventeen goals, but actually most of them were Wickham Wanderers versus Sunderland. Two teams at the top there. It was a six-goal thriller. Third versus second in the table. So it's two-two at half time. Ross Stewart from Sunderland looked to have sealed the three points with his 17th goal of the season in extra time. I think it was like the 93rd minute. But then in the 98th minute, Wickham's captain, Joe Jacobson, scored to leave at 3-3. Um, probably sounds about right, really, with the amount of chances that they all had. Um, 98th minute, there was a lengthy delay, actually. Corey Evans was stretched off, but um, apparently reported to be OK. I think he had a collision with his goalie. Um, I presume that's Corey Evans used to play for Blackburn. Yeah, must be. Yeah, good um, player. Very good. I think he's a captain. Um, but no changes in the table positions. Wickham stay third and Sunderland stay second. And then... Completely opposite sides of the table now. Two teams in relegation battle. It was Doncaster Rovers versus Fleetwood Town, who starting off bo- uh, Doncaster Rovers bottom of the table and Fleetwood Town were also in the playoffs, uh, in the relegation spot, sorry, going to that match. And it was a debut winning goal from Fleetwood's Ellis Harrison in the 50th minute. minute. His permanent deal from Portsmouth was only announced two hours before the kickoff, so he managed to get that turned around really quickly, and then he he started the match. So great for him on his debut, and that moves Fleetwood two points off relegation, so a huge three points for them, and unfortunately Doncaster stay rock bottom. 
And then the last one worth mentioning, Lincoln City versus Oxford United. Lincoln secured their first win since the end of October, so have broken a terrible run in form uh, with goals from Scully and their new loanee from Swansea, Morgan Whitaker. Uh, Lincoln now moved two points above the drop zone and Oxford still in the playoff places uh, in fifth. So it's good to see quite a few loanees and deals coming in and having a real good impact on their first debut appearances for some of these teams. Uh, League Two, Tranmere are the form team, or one of the form teams at the moment. Went into the game against Scunthorpe uh, on back of five straight wins uh, and won 4 0. So uh, up to second, but they're still seven points behind Forest Green. You forget how well Forest Green are doing, really. Mm. Uh, so they're six straight lead win. They had eight shots on target, and Tranmere are on cracking form. Scunthorpe, uh, the other way, are down in the bottom two and seem to be uh, struggling a lot. Two teams, sort of mid table ish uh, Newport, Salford. Salford, the great unachievers, underachievers rather. Uh, they got a goal in each half to win 2-0 at Newport. A bit strange to see it, see the match on the telly back to no, uh, no fans in the stadium. But anyway, Salford uh, managed to get a win 2-0. Up to 12th, they're only five points off the playoffs really, so uh, they were the favourites to go up and they still could go up. Newport 7th, not one in three, so uh, not brilliant for them. Dropping down into the uh, National League, Halifax, who beat Eastleigh 4-0 in front of just short of 2,000 fans, go top above Chesterfield, but of course Chesterfield were having a, a nice day out, so uh, they've got a game in hand. So Halifax, but fair play to Halifax, top of the league. Uh, and then finally, uh, just thinking about Hartlepool and local derbies, if it was uh, Boxing Day a few years ago, it would always be Hart- Hartlepool versus Darlington. Darlington haven't been in the league for a while. They're now in the National League North, so one below the National League. But they recorded a 6-0 win away at Farty Celtic and moved up to 10th. So I'm sure Hartlepool were chuffed for him. Right, Barnet of the Week. My first Barnet of the new year. Well, I've gone to 28-year-old hero striker for Cambridge United English forward Joe Ironside. Um, I was having a look at his career and he started off at Sheffield United and obviously one of those young English players that's been around everywhere, really. A lot of lonely deals. He's been to Halifax, Harrogate, Kidderminster, Macclesfield and obviously now at Cambridge and that must be one of the best goals he ever scored in his life against Newcastle and then to to get them through to the next round. Um, but I was looking at his barnet in particular and he's got a very luscious barnet. It reminded me a little bit of Owen Hargreaves when he rocked the Alice Band look. Uh, was it Real Madrid that Hargreaves used to play for? No, he went. Bayern, Bayern Munich, yeah, he went Bayern to Germany. Munich. Sorry, that was it. And uh, yeah, so uh, also a bit of Becker mask. So Joe on our side, he's got um, yeah, a lovely barnet, and I love the fact he's rocking the Alice Band look. Not enough players do that these days, so he's definitely getting my barnet of the week. I'm back to the big day out in Barnsley and gone for Barrow's captain Ollie Banks, who's um, got the old uh, pigtail. Oh, lovely. Uh, which is uh, brave in Barrow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so captain of Barrow, Ollie Banks, who had a brilliant game apparently. And uh, he's my Barnet of the Week. Right, that's it for Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. Don't forget you can catch up on any of our previous episodes uh, for the last couple of years. Now, I've been doing this for a fair while and you can just search us on the internet and have a look. We're also on social media, we're on Twitter. You can give us a follow, give us a like and then keep up to date with all the news that we'll be putting forward from our social channels. But that's it and we'll be back next week.